the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome to Bisberg. I'm your host, John Hall. Today the program is sponsored by City Mission of Washington, Pennsylvania. Dean Gartland is with us. Dean is the president and the CEO of City Mission. Dean, friend, always a pleasure to see you. Welcome. Yeah. Great to be here, John. Thanks, Thanks for having Dean. me. Yeah, always good. Hey, Dean, um, for people who are uninitiated to the uh, the ministry of City Mission, give us an overview. Uh, yeah, the uh, mission's been around since 1941, uh, started by a minister, businessman in the Washington area who uh, saw an alcoholic being thrown out of a bar and fell on the street and had nowhere to go, and he had really felt that uh, you know there should be a place where this person can get some help, and that really was the start of the city mission way back then in 1941, and so wow. here we are. Uh, today and the mission is has grown obviously since then but we uh we uh, do three meals a day both for residents that live at the mission and the community at large that can come in and get a meal breakfast lunch or dinner um we also operate a medical clinic uh that is free uh to our residents wow. and so uh staffed by volunteer doctors and 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 uh nurses we also have a uh, if it's not the first, I haven't found anything like this yet, but a drug-free pain management clinic. Wow. So uh, we have volunteer uh, physical therapists, chiropractors who come in, and they work with our residents who are who have become uh, opioid addicted as a result of pain that they were suffering from an operation or what have you. And so here at the city mission, we, you know, obviously they can't, bring in narcotic drugs they can't take narcotics while they're at the mission so the this drug-free uh, pain management clinic came about and uh, so we, we started working with our clients on how to manage pain without the use of drugs and so there's about 40 people that are taking advantage of this uh, uh, drug-free pain management clinic and uh, and the testimonies I've been hearing from them has just been fantastic uh, that it uh, that it works some of them have said this is the best sleep they've ever had uh, without pain so that's an, one part of it we also operate a Samaritan Center uh, where we give out food bags and clothing vouchers to the area's uh, poor homeless needy uh, and obviously we run some shelters we have a 96 bed shelter for men uh, we have another uh, uh, 14-bed uh, facility for single women without kids, and we have an 11-unit apartment-type uh, setting for women with children, and um, and we have a 22-bed facility for homeless veterans. Wow. That's a lot of moving parts, Dean. It is a lot of moving parts, but, uh, the, uh, but when you hear the stories, and you'll hear another one today, but when you hear the stories of people that come to the mission uh, seeking help and hope... Uh, it's well worth every every cent. Outstanding. Hey, uh, City Mission Online, if you're so inclined, check them out, citymission.org, citymission.org, or by calling City Mission right now at 724-222-8530, 724-222-8530. Dean, let's talk for a second about finances, because as the City Mission has grown and there are so many different people that are being served, 
clearly there's a, an income stream that is necessary to provide these services. And I would imagine people think, well, it's a nonprofit, so there's government money that's involved or you know, there's a big endowment that's happening. I, I know from talking to you that that doesn't exist with City Mission. You are essentially, and these are your words, a pure charity. Absolutely. And I know sometimes people uh, don't don't think about it that way. You know, when you think about charity, you just think about, you know, charity. It's yeah. a, you know, nonprofit charitable organization. And uh, uh, so uh, and and people generally do think that that means automatically there's some type of government contract or support that comes in to help them uh, do what they do. But uh, we are a pure charity in the sense that we do not have any of that. There's no endowment. Uh, there's no government a stream of money that comes in uh, to help us provide the services we do. Uh, all our revenue comes from uh, churches, uh, businesses, and individuals who believe in the cause of the of the city mission in Washington. And so that's why uh, uh, sometimes I'm I'm usually asking quite a bit uh, all the time because we don't have a dependent stream of funds. Everything comes from the goodwill of the people who believe in what we do. I see. And that that comes at a cost. I mean, because you are at your core talking about Jesus, about God, Mm -hmm. about Yahweh, the government says we we can't be part of that. So there is a cost involved in that because you are a pure Christian ministry. There is. There is a, um, unlike some of the others, and, and there are some challenges with that. Sure. And, and uh, when you have a government, a flow of government money that's coming, because they, they, the government doesn't want to be on one side of one religion or another. Of course. And I get that. You know, we understand that as well. Um, but for us, we uh, have found that, you know, we love to talk about Jesus and we love to talk about the fact that when people come into a relationship with him, their lives change. And they not only change for eternity, I mean, they change here on earth. Life becomes different, and there is hope, there is love. There are all the things that we actually seek for in life is found in Jesus Christ. And so we do get, we present the gospel uh, every day at the city mission, uh, but we don't force people to have to believe. Um, and many people don't. They choose not to. Sure. And, and they, but, but it's an opportunity. But it is an opportunity, and we serve everybody no matter what. And, uh, but uh, those who do, where it begins to make sense to them, and the light clicks on, and the Holy Spirit begins to work on their hearts, and they make that commitment and decision to follow Christ, life is never the same. Fabulous. Dean, it's always good to see you. And when you come in, you always bring along a guest, a client who is part of the program right now at City Mission. Today, you brought a young woman in named Liz. Liz, I want to welcome you to the show. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Real good. Thanks for being with us today. You know, it's always interesting because it takes a measure of courage for you to come in and sit down and tell your story. Uh, there are people out there right now, and this is this is why it's always powerful for me. I believe that people are listening right now, that there's someone who is like yourself and like me, someone whose life was a, a bit of a wreck, and something happened to change that life. So you're offering here a, a series of encouragement for someone out there right now. So welcome for that and uh, have peace with that to know that uh, you're being used in a good way. Thank you. Yeah, I believe that I was meant to come today. It was kind of just like spur of the moment whenever I got asked yesterday. Excellent. I just happened to be at the right place at the right <laughs> time. Like the the lady that runs the house was on the phone. Yeah. She was like, hey, do you want to do this tomorrow? And I was like, yeah. Cool. I will. So here I am. So there's a happy yeah. coincidence. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, so then take some time. Um, you've been clean and sober for a while? 
Um, so I started this journey back in January. Um, I went into rehab. Uh, I was kind of, I want to say, maybe a little reluctant, you know. Um, so I went in there, and I decided that I needed more help than that. So I went into uh, Halfway House. From there, I went to uh, the City Mission, uh, Avis Arbor for Women and Children. And I did have a little slip up, but now I got it back happens. on track. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I have... Uh, probably about 75 days clean currently. Fabulous. Yeah. Okay, so then let's go back then. I mean, you know, in the rooms, whether it's AA, NA, you know, people always uh, tell their story. You know, what you used to be like, what happened, and where you are now. If you don't mind, you know, you've got some time. So if you tell us your story in all honesty, I'd love to hear it. Okay, sure. Um, so growing up, I did have like a really good childhood. I mean, my family was great. Everybody was close. Family vacations, good Christmases. I mean... I didn't really go through anything as a child as far as like... Trauma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I do... Uh, looking back now, I suffered from mental illness. I am bipolar, and um, I believe that played a huge part in my childhood. I had... Uh, my emotions were very exaggerated. I um, felt like I didn't fit in. I was very different from my family. Um, I was very emotional. It tended to be more like anger, and I just felt like... I was uh, acted out, you know, and um, so I tend as I got older. By the time I was like a teenager, I isolated because I felt like I was almost a burden to my family. For mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and like I do believe my family was somewhat in denial that I did have a mental illness, that I was just acting out and I wanted attention. So I kind of like didn't allow myself to go and get the help I needed um, when I was eighteen. I kind of decided, like, on my own to be on my own, you know? Like, yeah. I just, like I said, I cut myself off from my family. I didn't feel a part of the family. Like, I fit in. It was so, I went on my own, and that's when I did get diagnosed, you know, by a doctor that I do have bipolar. Um, You know, at a young age, I, you know, drank for the first time at 14. Um, I started smoking weed heavily around 16, and then I would say my drinking became a little bit of a problem around 18 years old. And I would, you know, recreationally, if you'd say, do cocaine. Um, I realized uh, my drinking may have become a problem probably around 18, 19. Um, I remember I was sitting at my friend's house and it just it clicked in my head that like a year prior, like I was raped. And like I blocked that out of my memory and I didn't realize that I was raped and it was because it was from somebody I considered a friend and I didn't re- I said no, but because I didn't fight back and I felt like I allowed it to happen. I didn't yeah. realize I was raped, you know? And so, you know, that was like the first time I mean that that happened. Um, then I got into a relationship and I remember when I met this guy, I'm like, he's perfect. Like everything I want, like a man, you know? And, um, he turned out to be, like, very abusive. I mean, I suffered head trauma from him. I mean, like, I, it was really bad. I mean, emotionally, physically, mentally, sexually abusive. And um, it, it was about a four-year-long relationship. Um, you know, people say, well, why don't you just leave? Like, I did try to leave. Um, as a result of me leaving multiple times, uh, I got my tire slashed. Um, he had uh, threw, actually, nails and glass all down the road that my family lived on, you know, it was just, I was scared, 
you know, I felt like he was seeking revenge. Um, and it's sad because my family was affected by it. Like, I do remember one night coming home and, like, you probably couldn't even recognize myself because it was that bad. And, um, yeah, I went through a lot with him. Um, and this, I believe, was the first time I felt God intervened into my life. I remember, like, I woke up at his house one morning. This was in the summer of 2015. And I don't know what made me pick up the phone. Well, actually, I looked online. And I picked up and I called a rehab. And, like, it just it didn't even, like, it didn't, like, something I didn't, like, really think long about. It just popped in my head. I picked up the phone and I called. They're like, we can take you today. So I went off to rehab. And from there, I um, cut all ties of any contact I could have had with, you know, this abusive ex-boyfriend. And I relocated. I went to a recovery house, a three-quarter house. Um, kind of just got myself, like, a fresh start, you know? Um, it was my first time in recovery, so I didn't really understand the severity of that you have to like work a program you know what i mean so total surrender yeah exactly so you know i did end up relapsing um i had relapsed a few times you know since then leading up until now um my addiction took me to very dark places um i can honestly say that you know i I had been raped multiple times because I made the choice to sell myself to get money, you know, for drugs. And I had it in my head that I was doing it because I wanted to, not because I had to. And even after so long, it did become, I felt like I was doing it because I had to. And that's whenever it messes with you, you feel like you're being violated. And it's sad because, you know, that has affected me up until this day um, about how, I, I'm a little bit of a feminist, I guess you could say, because of that, you know. Um, so, yeah, I've lived in very bad areas. Um, a house I was living in, um, someone had attempted to break into that house with a gun. Um, that was, you know, very scary and traumatizing for me. I was unable to, like, sleep well after that. You know, I was always afraid someone was going to break into my house. Yeah. Um, so it sounds then, Liz, that there's years of calamity, years of just yeah. insanity, where you're just rolling forward yeah. from one thing to another. You have short st- short stints of sobriety, but then essentially you always go back. Yeah. So then, so then, talk about City Mission because you said January, last January, you come into the mission. You've been there for a while. You had a relapse while you were there. Okay, but you know you're clean and sober now, seventy days, excellent. But what is it about the city mission and your time there? You're, you're, you're continuing on. Obviously, you're here today, so you're committed to being there. Yeah, um, I definitely am. Like, I had seen God work in my life throughout you know, this whole process. Um, I did get pregnant in 2018, and um, you know, I asked God to help me, and I do believe that she was a result of you know, me asking for help. Your baby. Yes. So... Um, I was on Suboxone. I lost my insurance. I had relapse. So from there, I went into rehab in January. I was like, I need to further this. So I went out to a halfway house in Washington. And then after that, it was time for me to decide where I was going to go from there. And I could have went to a three-quarter house, which has a lot more freedom. But I felt I still needed some structure. And I wanted to include my daughter in this as well because CYS is involved. Sure. And... um. So I had called, and they were like, well, we don't have a bed for women and children, but 
we could take you for the single woman's side until we can get you there. So I was like, great. You know, and I'd gone there. Um, I do believe I still needed the structure. Um, it's really helped me. And to be honest, it has strengthened my relationship with God so much. Um, I do not believe that I would be where I was if it wasn't for the city mission. And if it wasn't for uh, strengthening my relationship with God, um, there's a big difference, right? A huge. Other yeah. rehabs, you know, they're doing the thing. That's fine. My power, power. But there is a difference in what City Mission presents. Oh, yeah. Like um, Narcotics Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous is like a spiritual-based, you know, program. But it's your higher power of your understanding, you know. But right. for me, like, I believe God is my higher power. And in at the city mission like they have chapel we have bible studies where it specifically is strengthening my relationship with my higher power you know what i mean like understanding god more than like an na they kind of focus on allowing your higher power to help you stay clean right god you know? as opposed to some guy in the clouds yeah like they say your higher power can be like your dog you know what right, i mean right, like right, whoever right. you want it to be that yeah. you understand yeah so there obviously is a big difference here. Yes, there is. Yeah. So I, um, I, and it's I've seen God work throughout this whole process. I mean, anytime I kind of veer off, I notice Him putting me back on track. Mm-hmm. You know, and it might be negative, and even like my relapse um, in September, I believe was God showing me I needed to set better boundaries. And because of the mission, I do believe strengthening my relationship with God has shown me to notice these signs that. There is a God, and He is working in my life to help me. Yes. You know, and the more you notice them, the more you see them. And without a doubt, I do know that, you know, that's right. The who wisdom it is. presented to you. And so the hope is that one day at a time, that one day at a time stretches out one day at a time, one day at a time. Of course, your daughter now uh, with you. The hope for the future is you lead a clean and sober life, and God with you, there's strength in a new life. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like I, I went down yesterday to look into starting school. So um, I'm going to be, I'll have like a little like uh, meeting with this one lady to help me decide on what school I want to go to. Uh, I want to like, you know, go to school for LPN. So, you know, for me, it's like this time last year, like, I mean, I was in a really bad spot. And to think now today, like, I'm happy. I have goals set. I want to go back to school and better my life. Like, you know, and the city mission helped me set me up with with that community yeah and with school and opportunities for just all kinds of things like i'm so grateful fabulous well this thanks a lot thanks for that yeah. transparency that story seriously praying for you for thank your you. strength for your sobriety for you and your daughter to move forward thank you so much pleasure's mine so there you have it i mean you hear someone liz who's uh spent time at the city mission the hope for the future is certainly a lot brighter than it was this time last year dean uh talk about that as well well, this is, uh, again, uh, you know, hearing Liz's story and I, you know, um, and the trauma, uh, that she has experienced and, uh, through her life has been, uh, it's incredible. And, uh, it just makes, makes it even more, uh, uh, how, how important City Mission is in this community and in this region, uh, for, uh, people like Liz and others who are, you know, whose lives just not did not go the way that they may have dreamed and envisioned or what have you or how their parents may have even thought that they, those the lives should go. They kind of go down a, 
you know, they, 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 they walk down that hill and, and they go into a dark place and it takes a lot of time, uh, sometimes, uh, before they can get back out of it. I always think of it as like a, a roller coaster because once you get on the roller coaster, you can't get off until it comes to an end. Right. So, until it stops. And so, uh, you know, we want uh, people uh, like Liz to not ever have to get on that roller coaster again. Uh, that this will be the last uh, shelter she'll ever need. Uh, that every need that she has can get get met, and that her future and her goals and being able to go to school all can happen uh, as a result of her making a decision uh, to, that that life needs to be can change and life can be different. And having that relationship with God is really going to make that uh, that a reality. That's what's going to make it real. Fabulous. This has been uh, this is Bisberg. I'm John Hall. City Mission is our our guest today. The show is sponsored by City Mission in Washington, PA. Look for City Mission online, citymission.org, or by calling 724-222-8530, but citymission.org online. So, Dean, um, as Liz was talking, she talked about, you know, coming in in an entrance as um, just a a standalone woman alone. And then later on, space was provided for her and for her daughter. The fact of the matter is that City Mission has a lot of different programs to provide that active alcoholic or addict to come in off the street and to take that first step, that first one-day sobriety. Uh, the recent thing that's happened at City Mission is your your vets program. You've got a house that's specifically for veterans. Talk to us for a second about that. Yeah, the uh, when I uh, back in oh, I guess two thousand eight, we started tracking how many veterans were coming to the City Mission seeking help, and we began to see a pattern that every year uh, we were getting more and more veterans. I think the first year we tracked that there was like 15 veterans in the year that came. following year, it was about 25. The year after that, it went up to 40. The year after that, it was 50. So we we knew that there was something happening, um, that so many veterans were coming to us seeking help, shelter, food, hope. And um, so we decided that the uh, one of the things that we really wanted to do was be able to have a place for veterans and that were run by veterans. And so we thought we would take a dorm or something inside the mission and try to do this. Um, but the problem was that the veterans that were coming and staying with us weren't really staying long enough to get the full benefit of the services that the city mission offered. I see. Uh, they would pack up in the middle of the night and leave. Nobody knows where they went, why they left, where they anything, and so. And when that uh, behavior was specific to veterans for some reason, yes, and uh, we weren't sure why. I mean, the uh, why were they just le- why were people just leaving? And the um, because on a Friday I could be talking to one of the, one of these guys, and uh, everything's great, everything's fine, working out well. I come in on Monday and find out they where'd left, he go? and he's not no longer here. So. Um, uh, got with our board of directors. We decided that, you know what, building a, a facility that is just for veterans, similar to just like we have a facility just for women and, uh, and just for men. So this was, uh, just for veterans and the, uh, and so we were able to, to, to build this facility, 22 bed, uh, brand new facility that opened last July. And, uh, this, uh, 22 bed facility has been, it didn't take long for that to fill up. And, uh, we actually have waiting lists of, of, of people wanting to get into this facility, uh, because the same, uh, the services that our veterans need are a little different than what the general population of people coming to the city mission need. And so we have a veteran uh, who's a manager of veteran services. His name is Steve Adams. And Steve does an absolutely fantastic job of working with veterans. He's a combat veteran himself. 
He understands some of the trauma, some of the things that the men have experienced. And so he relates to them very well, helps them to navigate the VA system, which uh, sometimes takes a professional to do that. Mm-hmm. But this is uh, he he really knows the system and how to navigate that. And so the veterans can get the help they need. And our goal and our hope was that we would see veterans stay longer get more of the services that they can that they deserve and are entitled to and what we have seen is exactly that veterans wow. are staying longer they're getting the services they're moving out they're getting jobs and they're moving back into our our community as as uh, stable citizens and it's been uh, just a joy to be able to see well, that. Well, that's really interesting. The insight first and then the action later on mm-hmm. and uh, lives are changed because of that. Dean Gartland with us from the City Mission. Dean, um, uh, 724-222-8530, 724-222-8530 for the City Mission. You've got just a, a minute or so. A part, a, a part of the uh, the, the uh, machinery is that the City Mission also operates uh, thrift stores throughout mm-hmm. the area. T- take a second about that. Yeah, this is just another opportunity and way for uh, people in our community to be able to support the city mission. And so uh, they can donate clothing and furniture and uh, whatever to, to our thrift stores. And we we take that material. Some of it is given to our residents and, and, and some of it's provided to our community, the poor in our community. And then others are sold. Uh, through our thrift stores, which is another way to support the mission. Uh, so people can, you know, be able to give a product to us. We can then turn it into cash I and see. that cash helps to support, uh, the city mission and, and help us to operate our facilities. Uh, just like the one that Liz, you heard Liz uh, talk about just a few minutes ago. Fabulous. God is good. He, he certainly is all the time. <laughs> Well, Dean, thanks an awful lot. Uh, great respect to you. Kudos to the work you're doing for all the men and women engaged in recovery and uh, hope and rebirth in Christ at the City Mission. Congratulations on that vision. Well, thank you, John. I uh, appreciate that very much. Great pleasure. Seriously. Uh, City Mission Online. Uh, check it out. Be part of this. Whether you yourself need help or whether you want to volunteer time, resources, money, citymission.org or by calling 724-222-8530. This has been Bisberg. Thanks an awful lot for being with us. We'll see you next time.